Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. So today is the last message in our Through the Valley series, and uh, next week we are starting our At the Movies series, and so a lot of people have been with us, and you're you're probably like, well, don't we usually do that like late summer, early fall, so we can show the outdoor movie and stuff like that? Well, we do normally do it then, but honestly, I just wanted to do Christmas movies at the movies this year, and so I've got a lot of favorites. I do. I got a lot of favorites that I'm. I'm we're just, and we're going to do it differently than we've ever done it before. Starting with next weekend. So on your chairs, this is the reminder. Okay, so this isn't a reminder for you to hang on your Christmas tree. This is so you can invite someone to come to church with you next week. Uh, and here's the thing. We're doing something fun this year. It's called Share Coke. And so our whole theming and stuff like that is all kind of along that Coke font look, whatever. And so next week, we're going to have free Cokes, free popcorn. It's going to be awesome. You got to have popcorn when you go to the movies. You know that, right? And here's what we know. We know that people are more uh, apt, if you will, to come to church, A, if someone invites them, number two, at Christmas time, because they're already thinking about Christmas anyway. So invite your friends and coworkers to be a part of this. Because here's, here's the sad truth. A lot of your friends and coworkers and neighbors and family or whatever, they have been a part of a church in the past. And for whatever reason, that experience did not go well for them. And so they have given up on the whole steeples and stained glass deal, right? They still may believe in God, but for whatever reason, they just don't believe in the church. They need to know that there is a church out there, come on, friends, that is a church-like family that believes when when church is fun, commitment is easy, right? And so we're going to combine movies with the themes, with the gospels, and it's going to be good. You'll be surprised at what you can extract out of a, a boy who was raised as an elf and makes his way to New York City. You know what I mean? You'll be surprised at what kind of biblical <laughs> biblical themes you can get from that movie. And so we're actually going to show, we're going to show more portions of the movie than we ever have. And so this would be a great time to get them to come. This will be a great time for you to come also. Don't be like, oh, this is one of those bringer type messages. I'm not coming. I'll just catch the podcast. Well, because of copyright laws, we actually won't have the At The Movie series on the podcast, and we won't be showing it on Facebook Live because we could get in trouble for that. So if you want to see it and you want to experience it, you actually have to come. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to tell you guys something that I don't know if I can promise, all right? And so I happen to be a man of faith, And so I'm believing God that as I speak this, it will be done. We are believing God to be in that new space on December the 23rd, which is our Christmas Eve Eve special. Amen. Amen. Yes. And so we are super close. And so I don't know if any of you ventured around and peeked around the corner, but they are polishing the floors right now. And so it is, it is one of those things that we are close, 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 close. But here's the deal. Because the bids came back a little bit higher than what we thought, 
we as a church like family are having to do some of the work. So we're having to do all the painting, all the floor covering. We're having to do all the meal work, which is the cabinets and the coffee shop and in Dream Team Central. So we're having to do all of that. Plus, there's going to be some random cleaning that we're going to have to do. And so what we need is every Saturday between now and Christmas Eve Eve, we need your help. So if you can paint, some people, you're like weird about it. You're like, no, 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 I got my own holster for my paintbrush. You know what I mean? Like bring you and your paintbrush and come and help us on Saturdays because we need that help over there. All of that metal work, as you go around and look, all that metal work's got to be painted. All of the walls, these walls here, I don't want these walls looking like sheetrock on Christmas Eve Eve because we know that once the public of Mays County finds out that this is open, they're just going to come to smell the new paint. You know what I mean? Everybody's nosy. Everybody's nosy. And can I tell you something? You can't see it by peeking around the corner, but it is tragically hip in there, all right? Like our lighting choices, like our design team, like they did a great job. And so you guys are going to show up and just go, wow, those are super cool lights, right? And it's going to be great. The kids' theater is coming along. Um, The new check-in, super cool. And here's why we're doing that. We know just that. The people are going to come just because they want to see it. They're going to get exposed to the presence of God during worship. Amen, everyone. They're going to come and hear the truth that changes life. They're going to hear the good news about Jesus, and they're going to get saved. Amen, everyone. That's what we're believing God for. Amen. So if you can help, like one of the Saturdays, all the Saturdays between now and Christmas Eve, Eve, we're going to be working here from 9 till 3. Do us a favor, because we want to know about how many people are showing up. If you could just take out your phone and text 918-984-1597 and just say, yeah, I'll be there and I'll bring my, you know, my, my son or something like that. And if you're going to bring your kids, like they need to be old enough to do work. Amen, everyone. Like we don't want, we don't like, I want to paint. No, 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 no. Like we need, we need them to, to know what they're doing. We're not saying don't bring your kids. We're just saying they just need to, they just need to work because we're, we're down to show time, game time, right? So if you can, let us know, or you can go by the outlet right after service and, and write your name on, on the, we got a piece of paper out there. Give us your phone number because, you know, push comes to shove. If the, if the builders are here on that particular Saturday that you signed up and they don't want anybody here, we'll text you or call you and let you know that you can't be here. But we, we know that this is like we're down to the last few minutes of this and we can't be more excited about it. So we are finishing up our Through the Valley series today. And uh, this has been an eight-week journey that we have done together. Nine services total, counting last Wednesdays. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I woke up today at 6 a.m., looked over my nine pages of notes that I had for you today, and the Lord says, don't do it. So I have mutilated my notes today. And so I felt really bad for production because they try to keep up with me. So just sorry, guys, like, just hang in there with me. We're just going to kind of roll through this last service today. But before we get started, I want to go back to week number five. Okay, so it's been eight weeks. Week number five, I took a shifted. If you've been tracking along with us, you felt me shift from a faith for healing to more of a faith for finances. If there's two areas in America today where people are struggling the most, it's going to be 
in the area of healing and health, and in the area of finances. The third one is relationships. And those are three things that we see, at least in Mays County, that is a struggle for some people. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about those things. So we spent four weeks talking about what the Word of God says about healing. And then on week five, we kind of shift gears there. And if you were with us, you know I talked along the lines of which side of the butt are you on? Remember that? We talked about that. That was a great, great message. A lot of people came up to me and was like, I've been on the wrong side of the butt. And again, if you're not here, you don't know what that means. That's insider talk, okay? That's insider talk. (laughs) You were here, you know exactly what I mean. And they got on the right side of the butt, and now God's proving himself to them again and again and again. Week two, we talked about how God is a fish-catching, net-breaking, boat-sinking, too-much God, right? And we we gave you scripture after scripture after scripture along those lines. Last week, Pastor Taylor was here, started talking about generosity, and then he proved, because that's what I think we need sometimes, is we need to see God moving in our own lives. And then he proved what generosity does. It paves the way to God's blessing in our lives. And I think we, if we were just to be honest, as a a church that's like a family, we want to be generous people. We do. We want to be generous people. I mean, the holidays are coming. You know, we've got, we see hurting people around us. And if we're going to be honest, we wish there was more we could do. But what we think is we think we are too strapped to do anything about it. And when you, when you look at America as a whole, according to the Census Bureau, more Americans are becoming debt-free now than they ever have been, especially since the year 2000, which is good, right? But what it's also showing is those of us who actually have debt have 40% more debt than generations gone by. And of those that have 40% more, what we're finding out is actually senior citizens have more debt now than they have, you know, previously decades ago. So we're seeing trends. Some of them give us hope. Some of them not so much. U.S. household consumer debt would show that the average American home has a credit card debt, so they carry a credit card balance, of over $15,000. In other words, it's just unsecured debt. If you don't pay it, it's just like bad, okay? Um, The average mortgage debt right now in America is $154,000. The average student loan is over $33,000 to get an education now. Um, And so in total, American consumers owe $11.6 trillion with a T, trillion $854 $854 billion of that is in credit card, $8 trillion in mortgages, billions of dollars in student loans. Like, it's a lot of money. So I can see where the feeling generated inside of us, if we, if we fall into this category, would be, well, I would love to do more, but I feel too strapped to do any more, which... Reminds me of the stories in scriptures. Jesus noticed the, 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 the widow woman who, who put in the two mites. The two mites were two copper coins. And he recognized, man, she gave more than everybody else here. 
having a conversation with his disciples. Why? Because she, she's trusting God. I'm reminded of the story of the, the prophet that walked into the town, and we've talked about this story during this series, who was gathering a few sticks because she was going to make a fire and she was going to use the last remaining meal that she had and oil. She was going to pat together a cake of bread, give it to her son, and then that was it, right? <laughs> but yet the prophet said, hey, make me a cake first. And we all look at that story and go, what a jerk, right? Like you're, the, the lady's son is hungry. This is the last meal they have, and you want it? But did, did the prophet realize that God wanted to do something in her life? And if you finish the story, like God sustained them through the whole famine, and then they had more than enough. I, I see scriptures about the woman whose husband had passed away. And if you know the context of the story, you know that he incurred a, a massive amount of debt, right? Fifteen billion, trillion, whatever it was, um, debt. And in Bible days, if you couldn't pay your credit card bill, they came and got your kids and made them work until the debt was paid. It was, it was a approved form of child labor. That's what it was. And she didn't want that to happen, went to the prophet and said, what do I do? And he's like, well, what do you have in your house? And she, ain't, she says, I ain't got nothing. Strapped. Credit card debt, strapped. Ain't got nothing except a jar of oil. And, and, of course, the, if you know the story, the man of God was like, hey, go collect all the jars, start pouring the oil, like God will take care of you, and he did. And so when we look through these stories, the difference between some of us and these, these great accurate stories, not folklore, not legend has it, like actual stories, there is something to be seen between our generation and theirs. They genuinely trusted God. Now, they had to. And some of us, I feel like we rely on our own strength to get us through. I want to talk about this conversation today in our last service in our series. But let's pray. Father, you woke me up early and you changed this whole message. So because of that, I'm believing you. And we trust you every single weekend, but this weekend, it's because there was something that somebody in this service needed to hear. God, you don't change my messages very often. So when you do, it's because someone was going to be in this room today, and you want to get a message to them. So Father, I pray that I yield my vessel, I yield myself, my words, my thoughts to you and to your Holy Spirit to direct me and to lead me today. Lord, I trust you that, that even production can keep up with the direction that you want to go today so we can let our eyes rest on your word, God. And Father, that is my prayer, that you would unlock our understanding as a church that's like a family, as a community of believers, that we would see ourselves in this story. God, we worship you and we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I like to tell stories because I believe stories are a window uh, to, the, to the message, to the sermon, right? Sermon, there's a good word. Sermon. I'm going to bring you my sermon today, okay? And so when my kids were little, um, we are lake people. I mean, that's just who we are. I grew up on the lake. Tyra grew up on the lake. It's because our parents were lake people. And so by 
a matter of just generation after generation. Our kids are late people. And I can remember when our kids were really little, um, Tyra, had kinda, Tyra and I had scraped together some money. We bought us a little boat, and uh, the kids wanted to do water sports. And so we found, it was kind of an end-of-the-year deal, we found a ginormous tube that we could pull behind this boat, right? It was called the UFO. And on the bottom of it, it had a big alien face, right? A big alien, and it said, unidentified floating, floating object, right? And uh, so the idea was when, you know, when you, when you wipe out, you know, the tube would flip and you'd see this Martian head flowing through the air, right? We never saw the Martian head because either my boat was not powerful enough to flip the tube, or the tube was just too stinking big, okay? And so my kids, when they were little, they used to ride in the tube. And it was a three-person tube. It wasn't really a tube. It was more like a triangle. And, uh, and so they had a great time. But Tyson, who's with us today, home from college, we say, hey, Tyson. Glad he's home. Excited about that. So Tyson was, was about four years old at the time, right? And so Tyson would watch his brother and sister play in the tube, and they were like, Tyson, come, jump in. And Tyson's like, nope, not going to do it. Four years old, ain't going to do it, ain't going to happen. And the reason why he was that way was because one time he did get in the tube. Like, he mustered up his confidence. Now, you got to understand, his brother and sister would stand in the tube. You know what I mean? They would just like, ooh, they pretend like they're surfing. You know what I mean? They had life jackets on. It's okay. We're good parents, okay? So... They would, they, they'd ride around backwards in it, you know what I mean? And I would try to throw them off, but my boat just wouldn't do it. And so, uh, and so, so they finally talked Tyson into getting in the tube, right? So, we, you know, he's got his life jacket on. I pick him up. I set him down in the tube. He's, you can tell, he's white-knuckling the handles. He's, he is not about this at all. And, of course, that little push-off away from the boat to a four-year-old, where are you going? You know what I mean? And he gets all the way back because, you know, you don't want the boat, you don't want the tube near the motor, so you got to get him all the way back there. Well, for whatever reason, it was just like, I don't know, the moon in perspective to the earth's gravitational pull. I don't know. But when I put that boat in gear, the very first time Tyson, four years old, was in the tube, that tube didn't go whoop. That tube actually goes boom, right underwater. Like, the kids are like, like, right underwater, right? And then Tyson's like, that's it. I'm done, you know. I had to come over. He's crying, you know, and I had to pull him out. He's like, I ain't never getting in that tube again, right? And, and, and even as much as the kids wanted him to, and that rest of that summer, like, our kids and all of their friends had fun. And even the next summer, and four-year-old, now five-year-old Tyson's like, I ain't going. I ain't doing it, right? And I don't know if it was because Tyson didn't trust the tube or he didn't trust the guy driving the boat. (laughs) Either way, Tyson had a bad experience and now doesn't trust And I feel like that's the way a lot of us are when it comes to trusting God with our finances. Like we've either had a bad experience, we saw someone who had a bad experience, and so when it comes to our finances, we're just like, nah, we're good. I think I'll stay in the safety of what I know. And I want to ask all of us this weekend the same question. I asked first service this, I'm going to ask second, I'll ask third service. Do you 
really trust God. Because it's one of those things that, like, let's just in a sober moment ask ourselves the question. Now, let me first by say, start by saying this. You're not going to offend God with your answer. He knows the answer. But do you really trust God? On the hills of hearing story after story from our, from our healing service where we've got uh, cervical cancer that's been healed, when we've got like reports of thyroid cancer that was just healed right here at your place church, when we see stories on, of people who trusted God and started tithing and now God's blessing them, right? When we hear stories of, of $10,000 raises and you know, school loans being paid off, people that you and I know that we see God doing stuff in their lives. Do we really trust God? Because if we do, then these things, what he, what he talks about, shouldn't be as hard to us as they are. And we, we think about these things, and it brings me back to what is trusting God. What does that mean? And it takes me all the way back to week one of the eight, okay? Week one. What is faith? Faith is not a religion. What faith are you? I'm Catholic. I'm Christian. I'm Jewish. I'm whatever, right? It's not that. Faith is not, you know, coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, they came to faith, right? No. Faith, according to Scripture, Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is confidence. Tyson did not have confidence in either the tube or me. Are you with me? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. We've been saying this, faith is being fully persuaded. All the people that showed up for our healing service on that last Wednesday walked into this room after hearing the truth of God's word, understanding the character and nature of God. They walked in fully persuaded, like you are not talking them out of this. They walked up. We prayed for them. They left healed because they had faith. They believed. They trusted God. All the way through the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, we read stories about men and women who trusted God really. And we get through um, verse 11. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. We, we read through the Bible, and you hear Abraham and Sarah, like stories about them all the time. God told them that they would be the father of many nations. But yet, he was getting old, and she couldn't have kids, right? Romans 4, 18, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. We can see this. Faith is, in its lowest common denominator, believing. We could say trusting that God will do what he said he will do. And I think there's a lot of people in the room that if, if you would be honest, you trust God. 
I mean, you, you want to trust God. Like, we know it's God's will to do these things. Because we'll sit in a room, and one of two things will happen. Either, number one, you don't know that it's God's will to do this, or you don't trust him that he's, that he's going to do it for you. Number two, that's the big one. You see him do it for other people, but then when it comes to you, you're like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if he'll do it for me. And that's even a more dangerous place to be. Because you need to know that God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for one person in Scripture, he'll do it for you. And then we've seen him do it for lots of people who worship with you on the weekend. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. It has nothing to do with with how much you pray. Are you with me? It has nothing to do with how much you, you, you come to church. It has everything to do with how much you trust God in his word. Verse 19 says, without weakening in his faith. What does that mean? He didn't doubt. He really, 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 really believed God was going to do what he said he was going to do. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet did not waver through unbelief. Past experiences. Times that I really thought he would move, but he didn't. Did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Look here. Being fully persuaded. Like you know when you're fully persuaded. And here's the thing that I want to tell you guys. This is, I didn't say this last service. God will, he'll meet you right where you are. You don't have to, you don't have to walk in here. You can, you can have faith in your heart with just a little touch of doubt in your head still. Are you with me, friends? Amen. You can have faith in your heart with, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I just trust God. Are you with me? I have no idea what God's going to do here, but I trust him. Like, I, I genuinely trust God. Are we fully persuaded that God will do what he said he will do? And some of us, we've struggled in believing in, in generosity. And listen, I, I'm right there with you. I remember growing up as a child in, in wanting to go out to eat more. I'm not even talking about going to Disney World. I just want to go to McDonald's, right? I just want to go to Burger King. And I can remember growing up and my mom telling me, we don't have the money to go out. And I don't know if it was just a cultural thing or an economic thing, but we just didn't go out to eat that much. I can remember being young and married and and starting kids and uh, wondering where our next tank of gas was coming from. Like, I can identify with you. I remember those days. Fortunately for us, we lived next to Tyra's parents, and Gmo's a good cook. <laughs> and, like, we would go over to her house and eat because we didn't have any food, right? I remember those days. We're better off now, and we still go to Gmo's house, right? We still eat Gmo's food. But I remember that. I can remember inviting her parents one time and my parents another time to go Back to school shopping. Oh, we're, we are taking the kids back to school shopping. Did you want to come? And, of course, they want to spend time with us and the grandkids, and they would come. But my ulterior motive was they'll buy them clothes too. Like, I remember those times. And thank God for the generosity of our family and those who love us. 
But some of us in the room today, if we would be honest, the only way we're going to make it is with the help of those who love us. The only way we're going to help it, and this isn't to shame anyone, this is just what it is. The only way we're going to help it is with the government-provided resources. It's the only way. Some of us, we're using credit cards not because we want to buy stuff we don't need. It's because we, want to, we have to buy the stuff we need. Formula, diapers, like we know. We've been there. Several of us, you, you, don't, you don't have insurance. Like, you need, you need to go to some places, and you need to get some things looked at. I, I've watched, uh, when I was on social media, I'd see Facebook posts of people, like, begging people for gas just to get to work, just to buy the kids something. Are you with me, friends? So I, I, I know, I'm trying to empathize, I know what it's like. So anybody who comes to me and says that poverty is a blessing, you haven't been poor. Poverty is not a blessing. In fact, if you were here at our second to last Wednesday service that we had last Wednesday, right? Because this is last Wednesday, so it was second to last. Anyway, so you heard me talk about how the, the curse of the law is sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. And according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus says, I have redeemed you from, from the curse of the law by being a curse for you. He did away with the law so you didn't have to deal with the curse of poverty. And some people have a hard time believing that God wants to bless them because they haven't actually seen it. And they're basing their opinion of God on what they personally have seen and experienced. They, they adopt this mentality, well, if it's not happening for me, then it must not be God's will for me. And that's just not true. If you're going to base your theology on what you have personally experienced, well, then the devil will accommodate you in a whole bunch of different areas. Are you with me, friends? We have to base what we believe about God from his word. Because if we were to adopt that type of philosophy, then when we would come across 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Look here. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can I ask you a question? Is it God's plan for everybody to go to heaven? Like, does, is that what he wants? Yes. yes. He wants everyone. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Are there still people going to hell today? Well, it's the will of God. No, it's not. God wants everyone to be in relationship with him. But if we adopt the the mentality, well, if it was God's will, then this would happen. It doesn't work like that. We have to trust God in these areas. God is more willing to give to us then some of us are willing to receive because that's what his word says. Now, this is where the Lord kind of switched everything on me this morning. I'm not going to talk to you about tithing. I think we've done a good job at that. The tithe is just returning to the Lord what already belongs to him. Malachi talks about it. 
people are robbing him. He's like, how are you robbing me? In the tithe, right? You don't tithe. You're, you, according to Malachi, your finances are under a curse. What I want to talk to you about is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. See, everything in life has been created and designed on the principle of seed time and harvest. We, we don't understand how it works. We just know if we put a seed in the ground, I don't know what happens in the ground. Like, there's water, good soil, sunlight. Like, that's what they tell us. But how does that thing burst and something this big become a giant tree or a harvest of, of produce? We don't understand that. Yet we don't question those areas. Everything in life is that way. We, we had a, a Japanese maple in our old house, and it was the biggest, most beautiful Japanese maple. When the light would hit, on, hit it, it would, just, it would just glow almost. And so when we moved, we wanted to take, because it would produce, it would drop seeds, and these little seedlings would pop up, little volunteer Japanese maples. We wanted to take one of those to our next house. And so Tyra goes out there with the shovel, and she, like, digs up one of these seedlings. We still owned it, okay? It wasn't, like, the other guy's house yet. That would be awkward. Sorry, this was my tree first. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you bought that tree. But so we got it before we, before we moved, and we took it to our new house, and we planted it. And it was just, like, this big, a little seedling, right? Now, today, now it didn't pop up overnight, and I think that's what a lot of people's problem is. I'm going to try this God thing. I'm going to try this trusting him thing. And when it doesn't pop up overnight, we're like, nope, didn't work. That tree, we planted it this year, it's like this big. And we know in the next few years, like, it's going to become this amazing thing. And that's the key. You, you have to continue to trust God in these areas. And we know this. You are a product of seed time and harvest. You were a seed at one time. Right. See, there was this bird and this bee, and they, all right, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Talk to your parents, kids. Talk to your parents, all right? But here's what, I, here's what I want to talk about. The blessing of God comes in the seed. A lot of people say, well, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay my tithe. That's, first of all, stop saying that. Make it, treat it like a bill. I'm going to pay the water bill and I'm going to pay tithe. No. We return the tithe to God. Amen. And then we trust God what to do with the rest of it. Right. We want to be generous people. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower, Seed time and harvest, right? Seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, what this is saying is so many of us, we want to be generous people, but we don't feel like we can do anything because we're so strapped. The Bible says right here, he will supply seed to the sower. In other words, if you want increase, if you want seed to sow, you want to be generous, the Bible says God will make sure that you're generous. He'll, he'll give you the seed, but it's important to understand to the sower. In other words, when you get increase, you're trusting God. Can I just be honest with you guys? 
In the last two years, Tyra and I have trusted God for seed to sow for no other reason than just to give it away. In the last two years, and I don't say this to be arrogant, I'm, t- I'm telling you this because I remember what it was like believing God for a gas tank. Are you with me? We have given more in the last two years than most m- people make in a year in their salary. Why? Because we trusted God for seed. We trusted God for seed. And when seed comes, we sow it because we're already sowers. Are you getting this, friends? Some of you guys are looking at me cross-eyed. I don't know about all of this. Trust me. It works. Don't trust me. Trust him. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous, not on one occasion, on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The key is in the sowing, not the returning. Now, listen, I know where you're at because I've been there. Start with, we started with a dollar. When Tyra, Tyra wanted to become so generous as a family, and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this. She would go to Walmart because, you know, they're always rolling back prices, right? And she would go and she would buy our nephew's shirts, When our kids needed clothes. But Walmart had this little cute little shirt for one of the nephews. And she says, I'm going to buy this for my nephew. It's $3. And I'm like, why are you doing that? She was better at this than I was in the beginning. Still today. But anyway, she, she, she would buy this shirt and she would give it to our nephews, right? And the next thing you know, our kids are the ones that aren't going without clothes. She started trusting God to be a sower of seed because the tithe belonged to God, but the, the miracle of multiplication came on the sowing. And over the years, we've just believed God to sow more and more and more and more to the point that in the last two years, we've given more away than, than, than a lot of people make because God's faithful. Amen. Now, we're generous people. Amen, everyone. And you can be as well. He gives seed to the sower. If you want to be blessed financially, you have to understand that God has to change your thinking in this area first. There are over 500 verses in the Bible about prayer. Over 500 verses about faith. But there are 2,000 verses in the Bible about finances. God is interested in this. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to trust God. And here's what I want you to do. December the 15th, we are doing our one big give weekend again. Now here's, I'm going to show you how it works in real time. As a church, we need finances. Are you with me, friends? Like we're believing God to pay that off. It would be super easy for us to say, hey, guys, instead of giving it all away, we're going to keep it this year. You know what I mean? We need it. We need it. And you guys, would, you guys would still give. But because we understand the principle of seed time and harvest, we're going to give to the organizations we support like we do every year. We're going to give to One Hope. One Hope has a, has a philosophy. They want to get the word of God to every child in the world. And people are like, I can't make that big of a difference. Do you know how much it costs to get the word of God into a child's hand? 
33 cents. So all I'm asking you to do between now and December 15th is pray. God, can we get your truth, the word of God that has changed my life into the hands of children? And then believe God for for 10 Bibles to give to children that are 33 cents a piece. It'll cost you $3.30. You have four weeks to believe God for an extra $3.30. Are you with me, friends? When we break it down like that, we don't think, well, but good night. That's, that's just 10 kids. There's so many. Don't, don't not esteem what you have. The prophet looked at the woman who was about to lose her kids because she couldn't pay her debts, and he asked her one question. What do you have? He's like, I just got a little bit of oil. Some of us, we got 33 cents rolling around in the seats of our car. Are you with me? Do what you can do. Now, this is what we do. We pray and we believe God. We're going to give to A21, which is rescuing uh, women and children who are caught in trafficking. We're going to give to that. We're going to give to Conduit Missions, who is, is doing a work in Haiti right now. Haiti is in an upheaval. Like, they, they're, the, the, nation of Haiti has cut supplies off to their own country. Like, there are people that are starving right now, and our friends at Conduit are trying to get food to villages that are starving. We're going to support that. Our own foster care initiative right here in Mays County, we're going to support that. When we could use it ourselves, we're still those who are going to trust God and give the whole offering, all three services, away. Ask God right now what you want to do. And we'll, we'll pray about it. I'll get a number, and Tyra will get a number, and Tyra's number will always be higher than my number. I feel like we're supposed to do this, and I'll be a man. Like, I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to get her here. I think we should do this. And she's like, well, I had double that. Okay. Because we've learned, always go with the higher number. And then we've trusted God who gives seed to the sower that when December 15th is here, we have it. And then God uses us and we sow it. And now we're able to do so much more. Amen, friends? Do you really trust God? Really? To finish the story about Tyson, he eventually got back in the tube last summer before he moved to college. No, 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 I'm, I'm finishing the story. No, no, he, he's, been, he's been in the tube a long time. But last summer before he moved into college, we were out on the lake. And now I got me a go fast boat. And he, this is Tyson, is trying to figure out ways to make the back of our boat heavier So the wave that it throws is bigger because now he doesn't tube and just like hang on. He wants to be in control. And so he wakeboards now. And to see Tyson, like last summer before he went to college, he would would get on the edge of this wakeboard and he would jump off this wake. He would come as far as he can over this way. And then he'd see the other side 
and he would put it up on edge, and he would just lean into this thing. He would come, and he would hit this wake, fly way up in the air, do this little kickflip with his board, right? <laughs> right? And he doesn't land in the middle. He lands clear on the other side of the wake, and he comes over here, and he just does this for like 30 minutes, right? Why? Because he began to trust the driver again. He began to trust the driver. And now, it's not a burden to him. It's not something that he fears. It's something that he looks forward to and he actually loves. Do you really trust God? Father, we love you and we worship you and we thank you for your goodness, God. And God, I thank you that you are a God who faithfully looks over your word to perform it in our lives. And Father, we want to be those who are known as generous people. And so Father, as we approach the holiday season, God, help us not just look at our own self and realize that, God, if we give it away, we won't have it, but to recognize that, God, what we're actually doing is we're sowing seed. And if we become those who sow seed into the lives of others, God, that we will also, in turn, because of sowing and reaping, we will reap a harvest. And Lord, we know that there are people in the room today that they, they are gonna, they're going to take a risk and they're going to step out in some of these areas, God. So Lord, I thank you for moving supernaturally, just like you did in the, all of these stories in the Bible, in their life, Father. God, we love you. And we're asking for seed to be invested in the kingdom business, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.